For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. To the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by Expand the Box Score. I am your host Ricky, and I am joined each and every week with my co-host Stoops. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Love that we get to talk some uh, some college football after. Uh... Played virtually every game. We got one going on right now, the Notre Dame Louisville game. But um, glad to glad to talk some football. So this week, you know, we do my, I do my random fact of the the week or whatever the case may be. This one's kind of a random fact slash public service announcement. So <laughs> just going to start it off. Basically, um, I kind of was just clicking through twenty four seven. I went back to the two thousand thirteen recruiting class, and I'm just scrolling through looking for some names. Well, I came across Mitchell Trubisky first. He <laughs> was, um, yeah, yeah, he was a four-star prospect, 206th in his class. He was the sixth-ranked, um, actually, was just, he was the 19th-ranked overall quarterback. He was a dual threat. So then I kept scrolling a little bit more down, and then I came across Jared Goff. He was 213th, so not too far behind him, but still pretty low in the class. He was a four-star as well, and he was uh, the 21st-ranked quarterback. So. I just found it interesting that they were as low as they are to see where they're at now. Now, obviously, in the NFL, they have some offenses that are pretty friendly to them, so it obviously helps inflate their numbers, and you know they look pretty good. They are solid quarterbacks. I'm higher on Trubisky than a lot of other guys are. Oh, that hurts my feelings. That hurts my feelings. I think Trubisky is another Blake Bortles, man. Oof. Oh, see, and I liked Bortles. I was a fan of Bortles, and then he – did not help my case at all, so now I look like an idiot. But I was a fan of him. Yeah, but, I, um, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, I am on record saying Trubisky is he is just not good, and I think he's a product of his, you know, just his whole entire system. I think that Nagy is working wonders with just hot garbage. And I feel so I, – I just cannot stand Trubisky. I actually have a, a, a very good friend of mine. He's a big Bears fan and loves Trubisky and is all in on him. So I want nothing more than the Bears to go 4-12 and 12 this year, to be honest with you, just for that simple well, fact. Well, they're going to give D- uh, David Montgomery the ball, what, 287 times so well, uh, he's gonna get 1300 yards with 16 touchdowns so that's not gonna happen well yeah, i mean but um <laughs> <laughs> no but 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 then i was you know as i just got curious because I, I i went down a little bit further and just looked at strictly the quarterback so i'm gonna list off some names that you know a couple i'm sure but for the most part you probably don't so max brown christian hackenberg shane morris and then skip down a little bit jt barrett joshua dobbs and then Cole Stewart, just to name a few. Those are guys that were all ranked above both Mitchell Trubisky and Jared Goff. That's fantastic. None of those guys. Well, okay, so I didn't go as far, but 
most of those guys are not even in the NFL right now. And if they are their second, third string practice squad guys, whatever the case may be. So that leads me to my public service announcement. If you play Debbie, you've got to go more off of um, f- film or, or even stats and be deceiving in a case, um, especially rankings. I love looking at the rankings, get the names in my head so I can start doing research and dig a little deeper. Because Max Brown, he was the number one quarterback. He went. He ended up going to USC. But at this point, if you were to think back, like who's Max Brown? Like we don't know. Right. But I can promise you, in a Debbie draft, and again, you may have watched the film and absolutely loved what you saw, and he just didn't quite get the chance, or he got injured, or whatever the case. Again, I didn't do much research into Max Brown specifically, but it's just one of those things where you can't strictly go off of your 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 rankings off of twenty four seven. Um, or any other websites that you may look at, but use it as a tool and take that to basically go and try and find that that college film. Um, or if you can find it, high school film, they're out there a lot. Of, you'll see a lot of high, highlights, um, but you can still kind of pick apart what you like, what you didn't like, what, whatever the case may be. Um, so it's just, you got to be aware. And a lot of, a lot of Debbie leagues aren't that deep to where you're drafting a true freshman coming straight out of high school. I'm in one where you can, um, and you're going to take those shots and you, you expect, you know, let's say you're, you're a 15 deep, you know, Debbie roster. You probably only expect three, maybe four of them to truly pan out. So you expect it, but at the same time, you can't just go in high hopes and just think that everyone's going to be Trevor Lawrence or, you know, in some people's um, eyes, a, a Tua or whatever the case may be. So you just got to be aware there, there's more to it, especially when you get deep into the Debbie aspect of things and have deep rosters. Go more than just your your a, a ranking system. Take the time. Look more into them, compare them to some other people. And we always say, I hate comparing. I hate comparing. <laughs> it's just part of the game. It's just part of the nature and what we do. Um, it's just very unintentional, I think, too. You'll catch yourself like, oh, he looks like so-and-so or he looks like so-and-so. Um, but I just found it interesting that to see where Trubisky and Goff are, love them or hate them, where they're at right now, what they've accomplished kind of thing, um, and to see how low they were ranked. Um, so I, d- I just found that very interesting whenever I came across that. So again, kind of a random fact to see how low they were ranked, but kind of a public service announcement to just be a little bit more, you know, in depth with your research than just a ranking system. Yeah, for sure. So I, I had to find out where Max Brown is in life these days or just kind of what happened to him. So basically he played for USC for three years. He won the job from Sam Darnold. But after three games, he struggled and was benched in, front, in favor of Sam Darnold. He then transferred to Pittsburgh where he was going to be the guy. And then uh, he got hurt on a sack and had to have shoulder surgery. So basically ended his college career. So that's right. basically what happened to Max Brown. So like, so, but that's, so basically he got beat out by a quarterback who is now in the NFL. Yeah, basically what it was. And then he transferred to Pittsburgh, got hurt, and then ended his right. career. So yeah, I mean, that's – but that's – that. That plays the point of what you're saying is is you can look at these rankings all day long, but you know once you're in the field, rankings don't matter. You know what I mean? Like how many times has a you know we'll look at perfect case and example just the one off the top of my head like a Ryan Leaf Peyton Manning situation. You know what I mean? Yep. I saw something the other day that was really or today actually that was kind of telling. So uh, I forget what year it was, but the uh, the Dolphins drafted um, the offensive lineman uh, was it Jake Ryan or something like that and ahead of Matt Ryan. Now, here they are 
20 years later, I'm, you know, not 20, but like, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later, however many years Matt Ryan's been playing the league, but they're still looking for that quarterback to settle in for 10, 15, 20 years. And they're still trading uh, the farm away to get there. You know what I mean? That's what they're trying to do right now. So it's like you have this guy, you, you, you see him, and he's great, and then he just doesn't pan out the way he wants to. And then, of course, Matt Ryan is obviously Matt Ryan. Exactly. It's just, and that, you know, and, and that is a huge, huge reason as to why you see quarterbacks go so early. Yes, there might be a more talented player in the in the um the draft whatever the case may be but it's like if they if a team does not have a quarterback they're essentially forced and you have to kind of take that chance now obviously if you don't believe in them don't take him but it's to your point where if they would have taken matt ryan who knows where they'd be who knows what they would have accomplished over the years kind of thing exactly and then of course with that with the first round pick getting you that at that fifth year player option that is huge when it comes to quarterbacks these days too i mean perfect case in point i mean with the chiefs they got mahomes and they got that fifth you know that fifth year option by trading back into the first round to grab him you know what i mean all right, folks. We're gonna exactly. try. We're gonna try a little, little different here this week. Obviously, we're gonna recap some of the guys. We're gonna go through and give you the Debbie stock, our Debbie stock market. We're gonna give you a guy that we think that trended up this past week, and then we're gonna give you a guy that we think the stock's down just a little bit. And then, of course, after we're done with that, we're gonna dive into a guy that we're really looking forward to watching this year in the Big Ten as well. So, before we do anything else, let's go ahead and dive right into the Debbie stock market. All right, folks, we're going to dive into our guys where we think that their stock is up after week one of the college football season. And, Stoops, I'm going to let, let you kick us off here, bud. So the guy that I think his stock went up is a uh, former five-star prospect, Jacob Eason, now at Washington. Um, very, very um, – what's the word I'm trying to think? He was very much in the news whenever uh, – Jake Fromm ended up, you know, taking the job from him, beat him out, whatever the case may be. So he ends up transferring out. So now he's in Washington. People were kind of like, well, you know, he hasn't done much. He's been sitting a whole year, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, he gets out there on the field and absolutely just looks amazing. 349 yards, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He accounted for for, uh, 13 first downs. He had a 75% completion rating, all numbers that I just absolutely love. Um, his four touchdowns, he had a 50-yard bomb. It was a beautiful pass, just beautiful pass, perfect in stride. Guy catches it and gets that touchdown. Next one was a simple seven-yard, and then the next was a 10-yard. And then his fourth was an 18-yard touchdown. That was just It was another beautiful, perfect pass. So just to see the accuracy, to see he can ha- he's still got that arm strength, because obviously he's been throwing the ball. You know He hasn't been playing much, but he just looked absolutely amazing on the field. He completed passes to eight different receivers, and three different players caught a touchdown pass. Um, and all of this was basically his first game with Washington. Yeah, he's had some, you know, spring practice. He's had the the offseason to kind of work with some guys throughout. But, man, his first first action on the field, um, he just looked absolutely amazing. So I, I've always been a fan of Jacob Eason. We just haven't seen him. You know what I mean? He, he, he got beat out, and then he transferred, and then he was sitting the year. So um, just to see him on the field and see what he just did, I, I'm excited to see what he can do in the coming weeks and then just throughout the season. Yeah, so I'm going to follow suit with that. I'm going to go with true freshman um, Hank Bachmeier, uh, uh, Boise State's quarterback, um, 30 for 51, 407 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, he as well. I mean, he completed uh, passes to nine different receivers as well. 
Um, he looked cool and relaxed under pressure. He was a four-star recruit out of California. He's 6'3", 188. Um, I'll tell you what, watching back some of this, uh, watching back some of this game, he took some massive big time hits, but when he took those hits, Stoops, I'm telling you, he took those hits and he threw the ball and just stayed in the pocket. Now, don't get me wrong. I hate my quarter, you know, I hate the quarterback. I say my quarterback, but I hate the quarterback, (laughs) you know, taking those big heavy hits, but I do at the same time love watching these quarterbacks stand in the pocket, stand tall in the pocket, make the throw take the hit instead of taking a sack or you know throwing it away or whatever he stood in the pocket threw the ball and cl- and completed the passes at the right time this guy was unbelievable i'm he just he got clocked so many times and he was just still doing it i mean he was very impressive they were they were down uh, 31 to 19 at halftime they scored 17 points in the second half to beat florida state and that was a big time upset i mean one of many all weekend um, there's a few things that, that stuck out to me. Um, obviously, first off, like you said, with, um, your, your first guy, we, we talk about this was his first game. You know what I mean? True mm-hmm. freshman going out there, starting his first game against Florida State. No, Florida State's not who they were 20 years ago. No, they weren't. But Florida State's still a good football team. You know what I mean? They, they still have good recruits, good players. I mean, look, they did score 31 points. You know what I mean? Boise State has been known to score points in the past, and Florida State can score points as well. They did look good on the football field. And, you know, um, you know, James Blackman looked fantastic out there. You know what I mean? He looked great in that game. To be honest with you, I was thoroughly impressed with what he brought to the table as well because Blackman was 23 for 33, 327, three touchdowns. But, the you know, Bachmeier just was one step ahead of him. I will say this one this one little intangible about Bachmir that also impressed me the most was as I as I was watching the, the game tape or watching some of the, the the highlights back and and I caught a little bit of the game but after the game was over this kid was so real and so emotional he stayed and, and was high fiving every single fan on his way out like he was the last guy on the field Stoops like just high fiving nice. and having a great time and just you know, thankful for the opportunity that he was given. You know what I mean? Like, he was just out there high-fiving these guys. And, and I just love that. You know what I mean? I love a guy, you know, that was – he's the spotlight is fresh and new, obviously, for this kid. And he just played – he beautiful game. I, I love the way – I love the way he played this weekend, and I was a big fan of it. You know what I absolutely love? Yes. That you had a hard time saying ETN, Waxahachie <laughs> – but you get this dude's name spot on. I love that. I love that. I don't even know how I, I – the thing about it was is sometimes I'll listen to a guy's name. You know, I'll listen to somebody say it a couple times. But I, I just I just winged it with this guy. And I, I don't know. I just – and I was listening to it on there. I was like, Bogmere. I was like, man, that's a – Bogmere. Yeah, boom. I got this. I was like, all right. I was like, I knew this is a perfect match. You know what I mean? I'm excited though. Like, I mean – that you said it, and it, I didn't even really think about it myself. But like this guy, you know, this is the first time on the big stage. You know what I mean? You know, to go out there, throw the not only that, throw the ball fifty-one times. You know what I mean? He completed about almost sixty percent of his passes, which he could be a little bit better on. But that's a lot of that's. I mean, when you're down, you're going to throw the ball a lot. You know what I mean? They were down early and and often, so you're going to have to toss the ball a lot. But I'm excited to see what he does moving forward. I think he's got some real raw potential, and, and I mean, he's got the good size at quarterback. I mean, six foot three. That's a that's a really good size for a quarterback position. Absolutely. All right, man. Hit us with the bad news this week. Who is trending down a little bit for you? 
So I'm probably going to catch some heat for this one. Um, my guy is Jalen Rager. We talked about him, what was it, last week, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start off, I still absolutely love him. I, I He is a stud. I absolutely love him. But they played Arkansas Pine Bluff. And we we said this off the air. We kind of have to, to step away from the, well, you should have done this against this competition, you know, and then, you know, when you blow them away against a big-time competitor. So it it is what it is. It's all in the game. But my, my big thing is if you look at it, five receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. If you look at that just as is, that's pretty solid. You you would take that almost every single week. For sure. However, he had 11 targets. So he only had a 45.5 catch percent. He only accounted for one first down. Um, and 37 of his 71 receiving yards came on one play, which was his touchdown, which, by the way, was a beautiful – it was wide open. It was beautiful. But the fact that 37 of his 71 came on one play is kind of alarming and again, just they played Arkansas Pine Bluff. And I, who is that, you know, kind of thing. So I just feel like he should have done a little bit more, um, just just a little bit more consistent with his catches. Um, however, and this is not his fault, he did play with two different quarterbacks. Um, they had Max Duggan and Alex Delton, um, who was named the starter. So he started off the game. Um, he only went 10 for 22 with 119 yards, no touchdowns. And then when Max came in, he played much, much better. Uh, 16 completions on 23 attempts, 165 yards, and a touchdown. So Max did look quite a bit better. But when you play with two different quarterbacks in the same game, it's tough to build that chemistry. So that's that's, that's why I'm saying his stock's a little bit down for me on that aspect because they did play such a, a... I hate to to say this, but such an easy opponent. You know, you would have expected much higher numbers, a little bit more uh, consistent catches. Um, but he played with two different guys, you know, so they're still trying to figure out their starting quarterback situation there. So hopefully they get that situated here pretty quick so he can start to build that chemistry um, and starts to have a really solid year, which I expect him to do. So he's not dropping way, way down, but, you know, compared compared to where we had him before, um, he's dropped down a tad bit. So hopefully in the coming weeks, they get, like I said, they get that quarterback situation figured out and we can see him just, just start to blow it up on the field. Yeah. See, that's the thing like the, that my, my idea. And I think we talked about, we did talk about this off there. The idea of the stock market being up and down is, you know, it, one pick in a, in a David Lee draft like this can really change a lot of things. You know what I mean? So if you get that guy wrong by one thing, so the guy that I'm going to pick on is, my my favorite quarterback in this dra- this coming up you know up draft is Justin Herbert and obviously you can look at the numbers 28 for 37 242 and a touchdown which i mean on paper those numbers are pretty fantastic okay and i'm not going to lie 2 for 3 in the red zone 33 you know 33 passing yards and a touchdown in the red zone i mean he looked good but my problem is this and i i often criticize um aaron rodgers for this from from time to time you know you got the aaron rodgers lovers which again i mean i, I will be the first to say that aaron rodgers is probably the most physically gifted quarterback that's ever played the position but he did win me a championship last year so well that's <laughs> I'm just saying. There's, a, no, there's, there's that humble brag again about the uh, championship that he won. I and mean, this is like the 83rd podcast, and you know he's done it 94 times. But um, I will say this. He disappointed me. And for me, I want to see my 
my, I say the my word again, but my quarterback come through in the clutch, okay? On two separate drives in the fourth quarter that they had the ball, they could have closed out the Tigers. And, and maybe they score a touchdown, maybe they get a field goal, but it, it, it adds to the clock and maybe they don't have the time to score. Third and five on Auburn's 45, they complete, um, it was third and five, they complete a four-yard pass. Okay, first off, I had a big time problem with them punting there. Okay, I will throw that out there. If you're on the opponent's 41 and it's fourth and one, they have got to go for it. And I know I'm not a head coach, and I, you know, I'm an armchair athlete with the best of us. But <laughs> fourth and one, I understand we're not playing Madden either. I mean, I but if I was playing Madden, I'd go for it fourth and one on my own 22. So there, there, that's the difference between me and you know regular. But you've, he's got first off, he's got to make that play. He's got to get the first down that continues to drive. They score on that drive, period. They get that first down. They're going to get a field goal. The more time's going to come off the clock. And then the big one that for me was on their final drive, well, technically not their final drive, but the final drive, the final big drive that they had the ball. Second and seven on the final drive, he takes a sack, which made a third and 14, and that just really broke my heart. I mean, you have got to throw the ball away because you know you're in a situation, and it's specifically that situation, they get a first down, it's closer and closer to the end of the game. Now, I'm still learning this whole college football thing where the last two minutes of a game takes four and a half hours, but because <laughs> it really does. Like, it, it's confusing yeah. to me how long the end of a college football game lasts. But to be honest with you, like, it was, it was kind of frustrating to see him take that, sock, to take that sack and not get rid of the ball there because that third and 14 is not manageable at all third and seven is a lot more manageable obviously in that situation so that's where my frustration comes in obviously the defense plays a part by giving up that touchdown um i was very critical of of how uh bo Nix looked early in that game kind of flipping the full circle there um at 13 to 31 177 that he he played horrendous in the first half he looked much better in the second half i will say but on the flip side of that, that touchdown pass that he that he threw, ugly pass. But like I said, that's it's it's the small things like that for Herbert that really like really bugs me. I mean, he's got the games where he's got his ups and downs and stuff like that. So that's kind of frustrating for me to watch Herbert kind of take a small step back for me, especially in a upcoming loaded quarterback draft. That's the big key for me as well. Is there's so many quarterbacks coming out potentially that. Um, can set themselves apart this year from each other. I agree. And the one thing that I, I've got to say is right there at the end, like it, it was a, it was a, a, a good ways to go to, to get that, that touchdown or try and get that touchdown at the end and to just see him launch it out of the back of the end zone. I get it. Adrenaline. You're trying to, you know, you don't want to get sacked. I, I get it. There's a lot going on, but to not even have it come down in the end zone, it, I don't know. I, I would have loved to at least – at least if it was an interception, so be it. At least it was in the end zone. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. So that's, that's just one thing is you got to give your guys a shot. And again, adrenaline's going to just take over, so I understand that piece. But you're on the, the, the biggest stage, and you just got to you just gotta get that into the end zone. You can't throw it 10 yards out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, and this is a big loss. Right out the season, you know, mm-hmm. right out the gate. I mean, they had they they dominated Auburn for a better part of, you know, three and a half quarter. You know what I mean? They did. I mean, for basically up until about that first drive of the fourth quarter for Auburn, they dominated that game, and and they were really at you know they should have just closed it out. Like that's the disappointing thing for me for Herbert. He just should have closed the game out. I agree. All right, folks. Now we're gonna dive into the guy that we're looking at. 
uh, in the Big Ten. And Stoops, I'll let you kick it off with your guy first, bud. So the guy that I'm going to talk about um, is running back out of Indiana, Stevie Scott. He's uh, 2021 eligible. He was a three-star prospect coming out of high school, ranked 1,337th in his class. He was the 80th (laughs) running back overall, 16th in his state, Um, 6'2", 233. He's a big boy. Um, He was third team um, all-conference, basically the 2019, so leading up to the season, he he was on the third team. And one thing, and I'll get back to Stevie here in a second, but when I was looking at that, they put Justin Fields on the second team, and he obviously he did amazing in his game, but I just felt that was they were basically going off of name value at that point. So it's like you hadn't even seen what he can do on the field truly, and they already put him on second team, but he's backed it up so far. So we'll see what Justin can do all year. But back to Stevie, um, very solid running back, very solid. He finds the holes very, very well. Um, he's a patient runner. He doesn't just run straight into the back of his line. He, he's got that. Le'Veon Bell's real good about it. Some say Le'Veon's too patient. Um, I wouldn't say that Stevie's quite there, but he's patient enough. He waits for those holes to open up, and he's just physical with his runs. He's not afraid of contact. Um, he is very, very tough to bring down as well. He runs through arm tackles. If you just try and arm tackle him, he's going to run through it 99.9% of the time. So you've got to, you've really got to, got to hit him hard to, to bring him down. It's not just arm tackles. Um, and even being 6'2", 233, he's fast. Um, he was pulling away from a lot of guys on the film that I was watching of him. So he was very, very fast for his size. He, he's very much used in the red zone. Very, very well used in the red zone. Um, he basically had 17 targets and 16 catches, um, basically last season, 94.1 catch percentage, 86 total yards, one receiving touchdown, um, and then basically altogether, 228 rushing attempts. He had 1,139 um, rushing yards with 10 total rushing touchdowns. He had a 5.0 yards per carry. Um, very, very solid. He accounted for 30.4% of the team's total um, yards last year. So he was very much used as a uh, as a true freshman last year, basically on that Indiana offense, which what does Indiana have? Not much, you know, <laughs> but um, he was, he was definitely, definitely one of the guys that they used very, very often. He had six games with a hundred plus rushing yards and he had one with 200 yards. Uh, that was against Virginia. He had 31 rushing attempts, 204 yards. He accounted for nine, um, nine first downs and he had one rushing touchdown in that one. Um, multiple games he had, he had, you know, multiple rushing touchdowns, but he's, he's just a force on the ground, um, used very, very heavily on first downs. He had 129 rushing attempts on first downs. That was 52.9% of his touches. They came on first down, um, second down. He had 64 total rushes. That was 26.2. So he's used very, very much on the first and second down mark. Um, not much of a third down back, even though he was used on third and short a lot. Again, he's just a pounder. He can just get through the line. He is, he's a, he's a heavy guy pushes through very, very well. Um, he had a total of 56 first downs. And the one thing I really did like about him, he is just a ground and pound type guy, but he can catch, as I said earlier, 94.1 catch percent only on 17 targets. So he's not used much. But the fact that he's he's only he only dropped one pass all of last season, and even this week, um, week one versus Ball State, 
He had 19 rushing attempts, only 48 yards, but two rushing touchdowns, four targets, three receptions, 28 yards. So nothing spectacular. He did not blow you out of the water with his numbers, but two rushing touchdowns, and he only dropped one pass again. So he's just used in, in a very, very unique way, I guess you could say. Um, love what I saw in the film. Can't wait to see what he can do this year. Um, and again, I, we do this all the time. He, he kind of reminds me of a Frank Gore. You know, where it's basically um, even part of Marshawn Lynch with the physicality. So he's kind of got some different guys in him, it looks like. Um, but I love Stevie Scott. You know, I, I can't wait to see what he can do at Indiana. And again, he is the guy. There, there's not much else on that offense that that's, um, you know, very well known. They've got some receivers out there. But overall, Stevie Scott's the guy that they like to get the ball to as much as possible. Yeah, you covered a lot of what I was going to say. The you know the nine red the nine red zone touchdowns is nice. I mean that's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. to, end, to end the season last year, he had five straight games with a, a touchdown. So now this year he's actually got he's got six consecutive games now with touchdowns. Um, consecutive touchdown streak going on right now himself. He had a, you know a hundred yards four of his last five games. Um, this guy's a monster. I mean, he's just he's a he's the vocal like you said, he's the vocal part of the offense. Um, he's going to continue to be the vocal part of the offense moving forward because of what he brings to the table. And you're right, I mean, as a true freshman, he was impressive. So it's gonna be unreal to see what he does with more more years and more, you know, more plays underneath his belt. And like you said, I mean, no, he's not uh exactly the most prolific pass catcher but at least he's getting some catches then and, and those those count for points you know what i mean so at the end of the day exactly. you get points for that anyway so i do like me some stevie scott i'm going to keep my trend of uh my my quarterback trend here going today i went three for three of quarterbacks uh sorry for that i think um i got nate I stanley <laughs> <laughs> nate stanley six four 200 pound guy three-star prospect out of wisconsin insane to find that out because um I'll, I'll touch more on it later but it's insane that he was a three-star prospect coming out um he's got good size he's got a nice deep bomb um he can he make plays on his feet which you know that's one of the things that has been very very uh, changed a lot and um in the nfl these days um there's more prototype you know prototypicals you know pocket passers back in the day you have guys like, you know, Marino and Elway, and those guys were kind of like the first guys that can kind of make plays in their feet. They weren't the fastest, fastest of guys, but they were able to make the move in order to make a completion. And that's kind of what Nate Stanley's got. And please, like we say a thousand times, I was not comparing Nate Stanley to Dan Marino and Steve yeah. Young and all the rest of those guys that I mentioned. But that's what that's what I think of when you think about the early, you know, the, the 80s and 90s quarterbacks that kind of evaded pressure but weren't exactly – rushing quarterbacks um 2017 2018 i i did i didn't like the difference in interceptions um his interception total rose um four from year to year to year over year um he is an absolutely stud in the red zone an absolute stud in the red zone 17 touchdowns only one interception um he does have a bad completion ratio but i would equate that to him throwing the ball away um, there's guys that get in the red zone and consistently force the ball 
in the red zone. And that's the complete opposite of what Stanley does. And I absolutely love that about him. I've actually seen him play. I actually watched a little bit of the game this past week. And, and to kind of touch more on that, um, he started the season thir- 21 of 30, 252 yards, three touchdowns. He was 7 of 9 with three touchdowns in the red zone in the red zone this past weekend and I and I love it. Yes, it's against Miami, Ohio, but like we talk about, these are the teams that they should be throwing three touchdowns at. I mean, to compare it to like um we were talking about it off air, but like comparing it to like a Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence went out there and they played Georgia Tech and George, uh, and his stat line is horrendous. 13 to 23, 168 yards, a touchdown and two picks. I watched 90% of that game and his two picks were just stupid bonehead plays and I wasn't a fan of what he did, but uh, you know, not getting off subject here. I really look there's a few things that I think Stan there's this is a loaded quarterback class. Loaded quarterback class. But to me he's on the radar of borderline sleeper because honestly I think he's got the intangibles to make the plays in order to be a good pro quarterback. I don't know if he can exceed the the great number or anything like that, but I think he's got a chance to be a solid starting quarterback in the league. I don't th- I don't think he's a backup. I don't think he's a career backup guy or anything like that. I think he's got the really good tools in order to produce in the NFL. It might be a third or fourth round pick right now. And, and he might be that. He might be, you know, he may move up to a second or something like that. But he's going to get on a team and maybe be a backup for a year or two. But I think I could see him going to a team with an older quarterback and really succeeding after that guy leaves. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we get from him. He'll be in the Senior Bowl this year, so he'll get to showcase his talent um, on a different level. Because obviously, with uh, Tua. And Lawrence both coming out for, you know, well, we think they're going to come out. I think they would be very wise to come out as long as everything goes the way it should be this year. Um, those guys, you know, if they those guys do come out, then, you know, he's he has a chance to showcase in the Senior Bowl when some of these other guys don't. Um, I think he's, like I said, I think he's being slept on. And I, I really like what I see from Stanley on tape. And um, and he does it with, uh, he doesn't, he does it with some uh, not so grand tools. I mean, um so yeah i'm a big fan of stanley and i think that if he capitalizes on this year and i think he makes those little improvements and doesn't throw as many you know he's more careful with the ball outside of the red zone i think stanley can move up the charts pretty easily um heading into draft uh draft season yeah and you you just hit on what i was gonna say is if he could just start to take care of the ball a little bit better outside of the red zone i mean nine interception out outside of the red zone but only one in inside that red zone so you you definitely hit that as well takes care of the ball and i'm with you i i just equate that to him just taking care of the ball throwing it away worst case taking the field goal you get at least a, a few points on the board Three points is better than zero points. So um, definitely love that. And you kind of said he doesn't have much else to throw to. He lost his top three targets um, that he had last year. TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and, and Nick Easley lost all three of them. So definitely going to need to see some some of the receivers, um, maybe even other tight ends, you know, step up. Iowa's always producing some top-notch tight ends. So we'll see what we can get out of that. Um you pretty much hit everything on, you know, hit the nail on the head. Um, and one thing I found interesting, so I was looking at um, a couple different sites, and you know, one one place had them listed six four two forty two, and then another place had them listed six five two hundred. So oh, wow. that's, that's a forty two pound uh, difference there. So um, 
nonetheless, 6'4", 6 6'5", 6 definitely got some good height to him. The 242, not as alarming. You know, he is he seems to be more of like a pocket passer, not really much, you know, for for running, but he can do it. But um, the 6'4", 6 6'5", 6 is definitely something you'd love to see. So, but yeah, lost his three top targets. So it'll be hopefully, hopefully some guys step up and, you know, take those roles over. For sure, for sure. Um, folks, thanks for tuning in again. Um, go, in, go on over to Twitter and follow the uh, show, Expand the Box Score, XTB Box Score. Uh, give Stoops a follow, at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow, at Ricky Blair underscore. That was a little hesitation there. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> um, again, though, head over to the Expand the Box Score website, folks. Sign up. Sign up for this website. Stoop, what's your code? Stoops. S-T-O-O-P-S. Use Stoops code. What what percentage do you get off, bud? 10%. I'm I'm telling you, not only do they have the college football tool for the database now, they have the NFL one up, guys. I'm telling you, this tool is fantastic. I've seen some of the tweets from Andy. There's guys winning hundreds and hundreds of dollars by using this tool on Daily Fantasy right now. It's, in, it's insane the amount of money that I've seen guys winning by just using this tool. But you can head over to expandtheboxscore.com and sign up today. Use Stoops code to get 10% off. And, folks, thanks for tuning in, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.